0: You're listening to the teaching of Doxa Church. Doxa is located in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and our mission is to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. Um, Praise God. Praise God. So let's go ahead and dive in. Colossians chapter 2, hopefully you're already there, verses 6 and 7, I'll read them. Therefore, As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Got a question for you this morning. What did you guys receive this week? Tell me something. Share it. Just blurt it out. What is something that you received this week? Maybe an email, actual snail mail. What's something that you received? Paycheck. Yes. Yes. You received a paycheck. What was that? There you go. He got some. He received some light. Did it come in the mail? Yeah. You got a package in the mail. Yeah. You received something. If if you're David, you got a positive COVID nineteen test. Uh, You know, maybe you received some bad news. Maybe you received some good news or no news. Um, If you watch this presidential debate, we all received bad news. Um, But I do want to draw our attention to Colossians two six and seven. And I want us to look at something life-changing that we can receive. Uh, And I think it's far better than any package that we're ever going to be shipped, you know, to our doors. I think it's going to be much better than a paycheck or a promotion or uh, we're getting a hug even. It's it's actually Jesus. And so this morning, I think that the message here is for one of three people. And I I don't know, this is an exhaustive list, but I think this is one of three people are probably here this morning. The first one is someone that you have been, you've been going to church your entire life. You've been to different churches, in and out, from time to time, or from week to week. You could probably recite verses and stories. You could probably even draw a perfect Christian silhouette. And most of the time, you probably even look a lot like a Christian. You look a lot like a good Christian would be. You know, and you know a ton of facts about Jesus, this man who you know, says he, he walked on water. And you could probably even tell some cool little lessons, put up some moral bumpers for life. But this person might very well be living a life short of salvation. There's no transformation going on in their souls. There's no fruit being brought to bear in their life. And you're probably, honestly, you might even be miserable from waiting around and expecting all these these great spiritual things. You're just waiting for fruit to come to life, fruit to be born in your life, and it's not showing up. Well, you know what? You might be even so discouraged. You might be questioning Christianity entirely. It just, it doesn't work. Man, I've done this church thing my entire life. I've played the part, and it just doesn't work. I'm still empty. I'm still miserable. I'm still lifeless. Well, we're going to talk about this mo- this, this morning. Maybe you're a believer. That, I guess, the second category. I hope we have a lot of believers in the room. And I have to bring up the first category, though, because I'm not as ignorant to believe that everyone who attends church for 20, 30, 40 years is a believer. There are some people who, who will go for most of their life and not, and not read and accept and, and look at this verse the way that we're going to this morning and be affected by Jesus. So, But here we go. I mean, the second category, it's this book of Colossians is actually addressed to Christians. All right, So there's definitely something for us, for Christians here this morning. But maybe our third category And maybe you don't know Jesus at all. He's a familiar name, but not a personal friend. And I would love to introduce you to him this morning in more detail. And I know that um, not too long ago, some of us in here were in your same shoes, where we didn't know Jesus ourselves, where we were not introduced to him. We had not experienced him personally and intimately and deeply. We were not deeply affected by him. So we're just glad you're here. And I hope that uh, you will see... A little bit about the beauty and the wonder and the intimacy of a, a ever-loving Jesus Christ. First point this morning, really simple, comes straight out of the text. Receive Jesus. <laughs> receive Jesus. <clears throat> if you're going to receive something, right, if you're going to receive lighting equipment, it actually had to be shipped first, right? Yes, it right, it was shipped first. So when we look at this, this package here that we're supposed to be receiving in verse 6, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, it was first shipped. So it's shipping, receiving, right? We've we got to think this way when it comes to this. And, and someone sent Jesus before he was received. He was, he was shipped to earth in a sense, right? Not in an alien, mystical, weird way, <laughs> but from God the Father, He did it, and he planned from the beginning of the world to send his one and only son to die in the place of sinful mankind. And honestly, this is is an incredibly beautiful thing for God to become flesh and dwell among us, for God to be Emmanuel, God with us. This is a beautiful thing. If Honestly, if God didn't send Jesus, we don't get the gospel. We are still dead in our sins. This is a terrible situation. So it's absolutely beautiful and crucial for Christians that, that God did become man, that he, he sent Jesus to earth. And it's, in, it's encouraging to us because he knows our frame. He knows our struggle. He knows our temptations. He was tired. He was hungry like we were and like we are. And I'm on this diet thing, so I'm extra hungry. And, and because of that, he actually can, He can advocate to God on our behalf. Hebrews actually tells us that he's a sympathetic high priest. He gets us. Jesus understands exactly what we're going through. And if God didn't send him to be received, we would not have the gospel story. All right? So if we don't, if we never got the package, we would be so much worse off without it. And he's literally coming to earth and it changes everything. So first God sends Jesus. That brings us into this verse here. As you received Christ Jesus. So now the package is received. So it's it's shipped, it's sent by God the Father. He sends us a, a, a perfect Himself. He gives us Himself on earth to live and dine and commune together. And now, though, we look at this package and we we have to unpack what it means to receive it. What does this mean? And I think there are two there are two ideas here: two ideas to receiving Christ. Christ Jesus the Lord this morning. First, to be taught. There's teaching involved, right? If you're going to receive something, if you're going to receive someone, this means to be taught about that thing, that someone. Uh, we're talking about receiving teachings that have been passed down by oral tradition. When we look at this specific verse in the Greek, in the original language, that's exactly the idea that, that it carries. It's, it's something that is passed down by oral tradition. All right, we do we do have uh, some people that are sign language people here, so I guess they could technically pass it down by sign language as well. All right, so oral and hands. It's something that is passed down from tradition. All right, and it's and it's actually received with the mind. So there's this narration of others that are passing something along. There's this this teaching from, there, there, there's this passing along of instruction that's received by disciples, okay? That's exactly the kind of language that we see here. When we're receiving Christ Jesus, we're being taught something as a disciple. That's incredibly important. Incredibly important for us to understand that built into this language is the idea of followers, okay? Of someone who, who is, who's giving themselves to someone. We'll talk more about that in a second, but If receiving something only meant being taught, then why didn't Paul use that word in verse 6? Why didn't he just say, so then, as you have been taught Christ Jesus our Lord, so walk in him. Okay, so it's not just the teaching side. There's something else. I think that's the second thing when we understand this idea of receiving. It's not just being taught, but it's also, it's believing So again, this is the language of a disciple of Jesus, someone who was sold out to him, someone who very well could have given up everything just to sit at the feet of Jesus, just to hear the exact intonation of his voice, just just to touch his garments, just to be near and close in proximity to him. They're giving up everything to experience him, shared experiences. They're face to face with him. There's this relationship there. And so when the Bible says, as you received Christ Jesus, I think that what it's saying is, as you have heard about Jesus through teachings and now believe in Jesus by faith. You guys see that? There's this redemptive overtones to what's going on here in verse 6. So as you have received Christ Jesus, as you have been taught him, but yet you also believe about him, you believe in him. You you experience a a reality with him, a real relationship with him. Two sides to this, being taught but also believing. And we receive Jesus. Man, this is, like I said, there's there's this idea, there's some overtones of of salvation. There's these overtones of of belief here. Someone who has experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I, I know what it's like. To have my sins forgiven. I I know what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus. And honestly, I offend him on most days. (laughs) And he forgives me every single time. There are some days I wake up, sometimes I go to sleep, and it feels like a very one-sided relationship where it's primarily just Jesus. But, guys, that's how a relationship works, though. Where, where, Where sometimes I'm needy and I ask him for things and he responds and he gives me what he wants me to have. I do stupid things that that honestly make me think I finally did it. I finally blew it. The one thing that will make Jesus stop loving me, I just did it. But no, no. His faithful, loving kindness, it always rests on us. It's always resting on me. By the way, if you have never believed in Jesus, let me share something with you briefly. This is called the 60-second gospel, so I'll make it in 60 seconds, okay? God loves you. He hates sin. Even if you are a good person, you haven't lived a perfect life, nor has anyone else. Your sin has separated you from God. Your payment for sin is death and hell. But there's good news. There's also and always good news. A perfect substitute can make your payment. And God loves you so much that he gave Jesus as your substitute. And through his death, you can have life eternal because his resurrection death was defeated. This is the gospel, and this gift is free. You could never deserve it. And just by accepting this gift, by receiving this gift, your sins are forgiven and forgotten, removed as far as the east is from the, from the west. They're like tied to a rock and dropped in the bottom of the ocean, never to be seen or found again. You are reconciled to God, and you live with him forever in heaven. This is the good news. This is what we are supposed to receive. This is what we are supposed to believe. This is what we're supposed to embrace wholeheartedly, not just taught, not just in one ear and kind of bumps around inside and out the other, but actually internalized, personalized, customized. And guys, this is what happens where someone just comes to church for years and years and fits the part and plays the part. They're just taught. They're just taught. And their heart never grabs that truth. Your heart never grabs that truth and pushes it deep down and down and down. <clears throat> you can receive him today. Just like chapter, chapter 2, verse 6 is saying, you can receive Jesus. You can be taught and you can put your faith in him today, guys. And the interesting about this is that this, this verb, receive, is actually, it's definitive of, some, of a decisive point in time. A decisive point in time. You did receive something. And we have spent, I say we, the shipping industry has spent billions, maybe trillions of dollars on on getting their items, their packages from A to B and, and, and the like. I mean, it's a crazy process. And now you can even log on, and I think I've seen these goofy memes where it's like if, if UPS sends you something, it's like in your living room. I, I, I probably shouldn't even go there because I'm shooting from the hip on that. Just Google goofy memes, all right? It'll make your life better. But, <laughs> but What's happening is you can actually pull up your phone and now you can see literally the second that your package was delivered. The minute and the second. This is crazy. So this is actually what's going on here. When you receive Jesus, it's a decisive moment in time where I can look back at my life and I can say, actually, I do remember when I wholeheartedly agreed with what I was taught. What about you guys? Have you received Jesus? Not just been kind of caught up and and kind of prodded into this spiritual morality this this current of good things but like a a moment in time where you said yes i believe in jesus i believe that that he took my place that he was the payment for my sin and i owe it all to him and i believe i trust you jesus is there a moment in time a decisive moment in the history of your life maybe you need to make it this morning Maybe you just need to spend some time reflecting and thanking God. But let's talk a little bit more about the contents of this package. All right. So God has has shipped, He has sent Jesus to earth. It's an incredible thing. It's a game changer for all of us. And now it's supposed to be received. So we talked about what that means to receive Jesus. But let's talk a little bit more about the contents of this shipment. What is the next, after receive, what's the next word? The next two words is what is it? Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. There's actually something unique to the, the order of his name here, right? And we can talk about the power and the glory and the grandeur of God all day long. And you better believe that there will be a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There, there's going to be a day where God puts his glory and his power, his strength. on, on I mean, it is going to be on, on, on the big screen. Nobody's going to miss it. It's going to be better than any fireworks display you've ever seen. We're going to see the power of God in action. It will be incredible. But actually what's going on here, when Jesus puts Christ before Jesus, it actually highlights something about him. It highlights the personal nature of a saving Messiah. So what's going on here? Yeah, We can talk theology, deep doctrinal stuff. We can sit around for days researching and studying the doctrine of Christ, and we need to know those things. But this is not the focus in in verse 6. As you have received Christ Jesus, as you have received the personal Lord. Not so much the doctrine of Christ. Yes, 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 we need those things. Uh, Some of that's the backbone of of our faith. But right here we see the personal friend, someone who knows us by name, the personal Savior. John Piper says this. About this. He says the devil knows more doctrine about Christ than any of us, and he hates what he knows. There's no redemptive relationship with it. We need to be rock solid in the fundamentals of the faith, but what's highlighted here is the personal Christ, the real man who spent time in people's homes, the one who walked on the shores of Galilee with his friends, the one who prayed for them all night, the man who expressed love at all times in every way he could. So, what will you do with a, a personal? Jesus, man, here we live in the buckle of the Bible belt. I mean, it, it, it's strapped tight around here. A church on every corner. And it is so easy, so easy to disappear and just look the part. And I'm not convinced that we're all, some of us, not all of us, some of us are doing that. Maybe not here this morning, but maybe in the, under the influence of Docs of Church, people at regular attenders, people in your life groups. I'm not convinced that we're all there been told stuff about Jesus our whole lives. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but maybe you're you're just so familiar with the Bible and you're so you know so much about the Bible and Jesus but you're unaffected. It's just impersonal. There's some disconnect. Have you received Jesus? Have you believed wholeheartedly what you've been taught about Jesus? What's been proven to be true about Jesus? We gotta drop the facade. We gotta stop bootstrapping it. And we gotta stop storing up religious facts. But receive a personal and eternally loving and forgiving God. Someone who sticks closer than a brother. Someone who will never, ever, 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 ever leave you or forsake you. Did you know that? That's the strongest. That's the strongest way to put a phrase is that verse, God God will never leave you nor forsake you. Five negatives in the original language. Literally saying God will never, ever, 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 ever leave you. What an incredible God. What a great friend. We got to run to this kind of God, not run away from him. We want to pursue getting to know him, sitting, sitting at his feet and saying, Jesus, tell me more. There's no one like you. There's no one so faithful, so kind, so loving, so true. Tell me more. So what will you do with Jesus? To the Christians, what about this? Are you passing on Jesus? Do you know that in some societies, there's literally a designated role. Their sole purpose is just to pass on the history of their society. You know, like little village tribes? In like Africa, for instance, this is, this is actually a thing where they have a role there. There's a, there's a role, uh, a position in their tribe where they literally just share their history. Maybe uh, if you've ever read the book The Giver, maybe that's a weird analogy. But they, they take someone younger and they, they literally spend years passing on everything they know about their people group. They pass this on because they value so much what they, what they know, what they love, who they are. So they pass it on. What about you, Christian? Do you pass on Jesus? So when you internalize something so much and you embrace something like a disciple would, it's going to come out in the way we live. And this is, what, this is our second point here. This is where we're going next. So we, we've got to receive Jesus. But now we actually have to live in his power going to live in the power of Jesus. And he actually gives us three analogies. And what I haven't drawn out just yet, but in these two verses, the language that's used there is actually in the passive form. You say, Ben, you are so boring. Stop with the original language stuff. Okay, I know, I know. Some of you are like, I literally don't care. Like Paul right now is about to walk out. Yeah, yeah, he's like, please stop. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But this is absolutely important because what someone will do is will actually say, okay, yeah, yeah, I believe, I've been taught, Yes, now I'm just going to go walk. I'm just going to go do. But when the language is actually passive, you are having something done to you. And it has to change our mindset. So our initial response isn't like, all right, man, what do I got to do? Check, 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 check. Yeah, this is great. This is awesome truth from the Bible. I got to go out and I do need to pray more and I do need to go evangelize. I need to do these things. Yeah, we need to do those things. But what the scripture tells us here is that Jesus is actually the one rooting us and grounding us, and Jesus is actually the one who's doing the building up. That doesn't mean we're completely silent, we're riding the bench. That's not what's happening. But God, is the, he's in the main verb. All right? He's doing it. He's doing it. So we just receive him. We believe him. We open our arms to him. We say yes to him. And then we watch as he changes us from the inside out and as he's the one who bears fruit in our lives. Hmm. If that's a mindset change for you, then maybe you are the ones who are struggling with Christianity. You're struggling because it's just not working for you. Well, maybe you think it's all on you when well, it's not. So let's look at this, all right? He gives us three analogies. Paul gives us an analogy of walking, gives us an analogy of, with nature, and then he gives us an analogy with a building. All right, now walking, when we say walk in him, that's, that's simply walking like a, a lifestyle, all right? It's an essential part of being a human. We understand this. Uh, the idea of walking is very simple. It's very common to us, but we don't crawl. We don't drag. We don't limp. We walk, right? This is how we conduct our daily life for the most part. We walk, and it totally fits with the bodies that God's given us. We have this body that's designed to walk, correct? Just as we have a body in the image of God that was designed to be infiltrated with God. It's been designed to house God so he can have his way and live out God, right? So we have these bodies where we're supposed to walk, where we're supposed to regulate our life after something else. Our daily conduct, our daily lifestyle is, is walking out. We understand this. I think this makes sense. And we live we, our, our response to this to this gospel. Like I said, is we we sit close to the fire of Jesus. We 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 give our hearts to Him, and He takes that truth and He plants it deeper in us. And then He brings the growth. He brings the tra- change. He manifests through us. It's honestly, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and we are supposed to be living in such a way in the present that reflects the work that's been done to us in the past. Right, so God is Christ is the object of what we receive, and now He's the object of how we live. So we receive Him, and now we walk in Him. We walk in Him. I, I, this is He's my Savior. I'm His follower. I receive Him. I live for Him. We pattern our life after Him. So that's our first analogy we see here is is walking in here and I, in Him. And I do think there's something that we cannot avoid is that little tiny two words. I don't remember the right if it's a. a parenthesis, what's, it's like a P, preposition, preposition, in, that's right, in him, the prepositional phrase there, in him, right, we can't skirt this, we can't jump this, because this is packed full of insight for Christians, the Bible tells us upwards of 50 times, I believe in the book of Ephesians alone, that we are in Christ, that we are in him, that we are in Jesus, well, what does that mean? It means that everything that Jesus is, I am. Everything that he is and all of his character has been imputed to me. I have that. I have access to a life with Jesus. And so I can't just, I don't go walk in Ben. I don't go walk Ben's way. I walk in him, tapping into the power source, Tapping into Jesus, and he fills me, and he lives through me. And this is, I've used this so many times. I may even use this from this platform before. But there's a book called True Fellowship that is a game changer, and in it he talks about four ways to live. And he talks about a hiker going through the forest. You guys can probably recite this because I've used it so many times. And the the, the first hiker comes up to the log across the, the path. And he's like, okay, I got this, I got this. And he gets down, and he puts both hands under that log, and he's like, I'm going to move this log. And he bends down, and he tries to get his big old small weak thighs under that thing and can't do anything, unless you're Jordan, and then you probably get some budge on it. Yeah. The second person walks up to that log, and he's like, all right, God, all right, God, Uh, this looks like it's going to be a little too big for me. Why don't you grab that end? I'll grab this end, all right? I'll grab over here, and we'll just kind of do this together. That's not the design either. Then there's a third person who walks up to the log and he says, You got this, God. I'm just gonna just call me when it's done. (laughs) Call me when you moved it. But there's yet a fourth way to live. And this is where someone walks up to that log and says, Lord, I can't do this. I got nothing. But Lord, I do know that I have you at my back, you in my corner. And to everyone else, it might appear that I, I'm the one that this strength is coming from. That this, this is originating in me. But, Lord, you and I know if we're going to move this long, it is only going to be because of you. That's living in him. That's living in Jesus. That's living in Christ, where he lives through us. I think that's a mindset shift that we've got to get on board with, guys. I think it's going to change the way that we live. It's going to change the way that we that we spend time and communicate and converse with Jesus. It's not tell me what to do, Jesus. It's tell me who to be. Help me become more like you. And how do you become more like someone? You spend time with them. You spend so much time with them. We're only in 10 years of marriage, but consistently, almost weekly, we we finish each other's sentences and sandwiches. <laughs> almost weekly, we 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 know she can say something and Maybe it's just like a, th- a, three, a couple words, and I know exactly where she's going. right? I've spent time with her. I know her. I get her. <laughs> we have to spend some time with Jesus, y'all. We've got to receive what we know about him, what we've been taught about him. We've got to believe that, embrace it, and let him work out his power and his will in us and through us, in him. So we can't, we can't skip over the walking in him part. But then he moves on to a second analogy here, the one about nature, rooted. Do you guys see that? Maybe your Bible says rooted and grounded. All right, so now having been rooted is actually the language here. Again, so it's passive, all right? It's passive yet again where God is doing the rooting. God's the one at work. God's the one who is pushing his truth deeper and deeper into us in a kind way, not not in a a, a totalitarian, not in a dictatorship kind of way. In a loving way, he is rooting us. And Jesus is actually what our roots are sinking into. Like a tree sinks its roots deep into the ground and it draws its nourishment from the ground. We are, Jesus is sinking our roots deep down and we are drawing our nourishment from Jesus as well. How are we we rooted in, in Christ? I think that's a good question. How are we rooted in Christ then? I think there's a couple ways to do this. I think personally and experientially, have you tasted Christ? Have you you been at the receiving end of his mercy? Have you been at the receiving end of his grace? Have 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 you sinned, done something stupid, and immediately known that you were graciously forgiven? And you have no eternal consequences for blowing it. And when you do experience, guys, this kind of love, Christ's forgiveness, the, the attributes of God being worked out in our lives, when we experience that, those, that is our roots going a little deeper into Jesus. That's Jesus taking the teachings about him and the belief about him and, 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 in combination, in sync, pushing that deeper and deeper into our souls. Yeah, we can be rooted in him personally, experientially, theologically. Uh, we have been rooted, right? This is Christ did at a point in the past He did something that gives us lasting results. He died for us, and when we put our faith in that, we have a life of change. So we have to understand our theological position in him, right? You say, Ben, stop it with the theology again. Oh, okay. I guess you're not worried about anything legal, huh? So you probably never sign a contract. You probably don't care what your boss pays you or if he's legally held to do that. You probably don't care about any of this. Guys, sometimes this is important, And when it comes to your position in Jesus, that's mega important. It's mega important. A time in the past, something that you cannot have taken from you, is the salvation of Jesus when you put your faith in him, guys. Your your position is as sturdy and firm as as a well-nourished tree's roots are in the ground. And I think we we can be rooted in Christ corporately. You know what? When we gather on Sundays, when we gather in our life groups, we we worship together as a body of believers. And we collectively and and combined, we experience the meaningfulness of worshiping our Lord, the meaningfulness of of worshiping a holy God. I can't explain what happened in our life group on Wednesday. Um, It was wild, it was awesome. We just started praying in the middle of our conversation. And telling god what we loved about him and then and we it, it wasn't I, I can't explain it other than there was this manifest presence of god it, it, there was something completely inexplainable and almost and not to get too weird here but but it really felt like the, this blanket was on us like there there was something in the room with us that was affecting all of us and we're praying i just start crying <laughs> Like, God, you you are real and you are holy. And I'm completely humbled that you would show up right now. We, none of us in this room deserve your presence. But he showed up. And, I mean, I talked to the guys afterwards. We were affected by that. We were changed by that. That's insane. But that is Jesus Christ, his manifest spirit, driving our roots a little deeper and deeper. Then he uses another analogy. He uses this analogy of being uh, being built up. The one this, this is of being under construction, an analogy of a building. Anybody been in construction in the past? <clears throat> yeah, right? So you, and you don't have to be in construction to know what a building being built looks like. But uh, two doors down from me, they're building a brand-new house. It doesn't make any sense to any of my neighbors, but they're doing it. And, and we're watching a house being built, you know board by board nail by nail we're watching that happen and it's it's incredible and once again we are the ones under construction we're the ones undergoing the progress we are not the ones doing it again this is this is us being passive where where jesus is now again the one doing the building so he's the one who's deepening our roots he's the one who's saving us he's the one now who's who's building us guys you know what this means it is okay to not be okay we are all, every Christian in this room is undergoing construction, improvements, modifications. We are in it together, so drop the facade. Drop the I've got it all together stuff. No, you don't. You stick out like a sore thumb because the Bible tells us we don't have it all together. You don't. And, and, and we allow we put. Put ourselves in the position to let God build us. He's going to get there when he wants us to get there. <clears throat> Jesus is doing the building, not me, not us. I'm under construction as Jesus repairs me. As he tenderly puts each board and each nail in its place. He knows exactly what he needs I need. He knows exactly what parts that you need from the foundation to the roof. He knows what function he needs to put in place. The doors, the windows, the sinks. He can do it all. And let him renovate our souls. You know how much peace and rest this brings when we realize that God is doing the growing? Where we can just kind of rest in him. We can just kind of relax. Jesus has got. He's got us. Just lean back. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> Run to him. Love him. Give your hearts to him. And watch him do what you never thought was possible in your own life. And this is awesome. And Jesus isn't going to stop building us up. He's going to root us. And he's going to ground us. And he's going to continue to build us up until the day that we die. Or the day that we join him in glory. And he's going to continue showing us his faithfulness. As he has done century after century after century, year after year, Jesus shows up. Verse 7, he talks about thankfulness. Verse 7 says, it's being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. The third and last point here, y'all, received, Jesus was the first one live in the power of Jesus. but Guys, just give thanks to Jesus. If you are a believer and you have been established in the faith and you have been rooted and grounded, thank God for that. Give thanks to Jesus. John MacArthur says, you will become established as you walk with him because you're rooted in him and as you walk with him you are being built up. God will establish you solidly in the things that you have been taught. So we give thanks to him. This idea, just as you were taught. Just as you were taught. So again, just as when we receive something, someone originated it and shipped it. Someone sent it. So as we were taught, well, we were taught from someone else. Something, Someone else shared something with us. And in our gratitude, we're grateful for the good men who preached the gospel, who taught us about Jesus before, you, before us, before you. If you guys think about your life right now, who in your life shared Jesus with you? Who in your life introduced you to Jesus? When's the last time you just thanked Him? I said, thank you. Thank you for finding Jesus to be enough, to be, to be worth sending from generation to generation. Thank you. I would encourage you if you are a believer and someone has told you about Christ or has introduced you to Him or has taken a verse and in their Bible and sat next to you and said, hey, have you ever seen this? And they've taken the time to, to, to open the word with you and, and try to plant seed in your heart and life. Thank them for that. <clears throat> I'm really thankful for good people that went before me, that taught me. My dad, was a, he's been a great man in my life. My father-in-law, he's been a great man in my life. Even David, Pastor David, has been a great man in my life. I am truly so grateful. And the list is almost <laughs> endless in my life for people that have, have cared enough To share something. They've cared enough to take truth and say, listen, it's changed me, and I know it can change you. Think about this. Soak this in. Spend some time bumping this around in your thoughts. But there's two sides to this concept. Two sides to this concept as you were taught. So it means that people have gone before you. But it also means that you are going before someone. And it is so easy to just be on the receiving end of this, right? To just thank people for giving. But maybe you're at that point, guys, where you need to start giving. Where you need to take someone in your life under your wing and pass this on. Say, as I receive Jesus, I'm walking in him and I'm going to pass this on to you. Maybe you're there today frankly the church needs more people that are there today and there are so many people that are there today that don't even know it because they're still caught up in just receiving and just consuming and taking guys again let's pivot and let's start giving let's start being the ones who went before someone else <clears throat> so who are you going for, going before Maybe a takeaway from that point is you need to go home and thank somebody for telling you about Jesus, and maybe you need to go tell someone about Jesus. Maybe you need to go share some love with someone in a tangible way, a text message, a gift, a surprise, whatever the case may be, guys. We have been given so much, it is not fair for us to hold onto that. We have to pay that forward. We want the next generation of people that that are alive to love Jesus. We want revival. What if if the idea behind that is for us, (laughs) to wield the truth of Jesus and the people around us in their lives. The Bible even tells us there's no greater joy than to see our children walking in truth. So guys, this morning, let's be thankful. Let's be thankful for the good news of Jesus. One man says, As luxuriant green leaves are a sign of a healthy plant, profuse thanksgiving is the unfailing mark of a healthy spiritual life. People who know Jesus and and have experienced the love of Jesus are thankful people, are grateful people. They're giving people. I'll end with this. Tim Challies, uh, he's really a blogger, but he wrote something recently. Actually, this morning I read this, and I was like, "This this is great. He says this, Are you lonely? Then come to the one who will consider your affliction and your trouble and forgive all your sins. Are you tired? Then come to the one who has been your help in the shadow of whose wings you will sing for joy. Are you caught in a mess? Then come to the one who is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of troubles. Since you know his name, put your trust in him. For our Lord has never forsaken those who seek him. Are you weighed down by sin and guilt? Then come to the one who is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess our sins to him. Are you thankful and happy in God? Then come to the one who has told you, oh man, what is good? And what the Lord requires of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So come to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and worship Him. There is nothing gained by departing from God, and nothing lost by being faithful to Him. The worship team wants to come down. Are we doing that today? (laughs) Come on down. But I hope that, well, maybe you're sitting there now, probably thinking, you've heard this before. <laughs> if you fall into that first category we talked about, that first category of people that's done the church thing, there's nothing new here. Well, that's all right. The Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. But what are you going to do with Jesus? Been to church your whole life, you sat among Christians. It almost seems like an impossibility for you not to know Jesus. Yet here you are empty. Here you are not having a personal, real, intimate, ongoing relationship with the Jesus of Nazareth. Maybe you've picked and chosen what to accept and what to leave. There's really no inward transformation going on because you're living your life in you. Not in him. Well, all I would say to you is what Paul says in the first century. To receive Jesus. And live in his power. My friends, this morning, what will you do with Jesus? Receive him by faith. Don't continue to doubt him anymore. He wants to be received. And he wants to change you. He wants to truly and radically turn your life upside down for his name and his glory. He wants to live through you. So just let it. God, thanks so much for your word. Thanks so much for giving us your son. Lord, we really could never earn it. We don't deserve it. Between us, how high the mountains I could not climb in despair.